There are too many dreams and visions perishing because the church says to itself, well, surely we can't do this now. We don't have enough money or people or space or time or willingness. We can't. Dr. Michelle Dodson, she shared at Midwinter this year that visions of what could be are perishing. Too many followers of Jesus are what I would say in a crisis of hope, but not Bethlehem Church. Pastor Gabriel Salguero, also speaking at the Midwinter Conference, he told us that we need to think God's thoughts, that we need to begin dreaming dreams after God. We need to have a prophetic imagination. So I'm asking you today, each one of you, to consider, are your dreams dying? Are you finding hope hard to come by these days? Are you seeing your limitations as bigger than God's possibilities? If so, then I want to invite you to engage a holy imagination. I'm going to encourage you with the truth that is so profound, it is so challenging that if you're willing to hold on to it, your hope will be fully charged in anticipation of what God is about to do in your life. The following verse comes from Ephesians 3.20, and it says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work in us, now to him means to Christ, who is able to do immeasurably more. Would you say that with me? Immeasurably more. There's another translation that actually says exceedingly and abundantly above all we ask or even think. In other words, God can do a whole lot more than we can even think about. So now that idea ought to give us some hope today, especially if there's even a chance that God can accomplish the things that we cannot, and God can. So Pastor Salguero, he alluded in midwinter that this is an audacious passage. It's bold, and it's risky to imagine that this is not only for a denomination, but that a church can do even more than imagined. Because if we do, if we embrace this, if we trust that God can do immeasurably more, then we are going to witness things unseen until now. Imagine years from today, looking back and thinking, who would have thought that would have happened at Bethlehem Covenant Church? And we'll say, well, actually, we did. We did imagine it, and we envisioned at least some of what God wanted to do, but guess what? God did even more than we could think. Church, where the world needs us to dream God-sized dreams and visions for Christ's mission, and then the world needs us to be audacious enough to trust God for immeasurably more. At our annual meeting today, if you stick around, we'll be celebrating what God has done through this year in the church. And we see this physical reality of, of the Holy Spirit doing immeasurably more in this building project that's going on back here. You know, we envisioned a potential building. We also envisioned a debt that would help make this happen during uncertain times. And today we're going to discover 
that to date God is doing abundantly more as phase one comes to completion. And many of you dreamed God's dreams for that very thing. Glory to God and what he can do in us. But we didn't build for a building. You know, the prophetic dream that was envisioned and that was prayed over again and again for the last four years was an extension, not of a building, but of the reach of the gospel in our surrounding areas. Actually, it's easy to build. Now, some of you are going to say, huh? I've been on this project for a while. This hasn't been easy. Maybe I had a little amnesia when we had this crazy winter last year, spring flooding and building setbacks. Uh, that wasn't easy. And actually for the builders and the team, yeah, I agree. It wasn't all that easy. But for the church, yes, that's the easy part. The task is the mission and ministry that we are still dreaming about that's yet to come. It goes far beyond our space. And it exceedingly envisions more, like the next generation that will be equipped and nurtured in these walls. It's the students that are creatively and innovatively being welcomed through radical hospitality and love that transforms hearts. It's their multiplying impact through engagement that brings impact over time and throughout each week, ongoing as we do good ministry. It's the support of families and relationships that opens doors to the point where we see Jesus and we're drawn to Jesus and to the hope that he has that is immeasurably more than anything we ourselves have to offer. It's the church in all its glory, just as we prayed in baptism, extending justice and loving mercy and walking humbly with our God. I envision sacrifices that will be made. I envision relationships that will yet be forged and battles that will be fought for the hearts and minds of the next generation. And in all of it, with prophetic imagination, we will see God's immeasurably more and God will always exceed what we can even think. Imagine the best possible outcome. God can do better. There will be more baptisms, more testimonies about how God has worked and how people have experienced his grace through Bethlehem Church. I can envision people far from Wheaton who will rejoice over the legacy of faith that they have received because of the dreams that you are dreaming here today. I envision that we will be agents of peace and unity in a world that tends toward polarization and division. This church will stand in the gap for nations and point to the one who brings strangers together in unity and hospitality through the banner of Jesus Christ in the church. The genuine and uh, generous hospitality that you practice today will speak to a world that is in desperate need for hope and belonging. Did you know that this is actually the context of the letter of Ephesians in which this passage comes? This community was polarized. It was full of Greeks and it was full of Jews, and they couldn't get along. They were tribalistic. The church was infighting. It was a mess. And young Timothy was brought in as a pastor to fix things. Not actually fix things. Not because of his great preaching. Actually, he was pretty timid, apparently, according to Scripture. It was because he was culturally relevant. He was both Greek and Jew. His father was Greek, his mom was a Jew, 
And he stood in the gap as a representative of two ethnic groups, empowered for unity through the Holy Spirit. And God did that. God equipped Timothy. And I believe God is equipping the church today for that very work. I think we forget sometimes that in the middle of chaos, God does immeasurably more. God is able to do more than we we even think is possible. Puerto Rican, New York, Pastor Salgari suggests that when things are going badly, you need mystery. Somebody say mystery. Mystery. When things are going badly, you need mystery. Is the Holy Spirit who is hovering over the waters at creation, bringing out of chaos order? So are you experiencing chaos in your life today? then I think we need that turmoil, ordering mystery of the Holy Spirit who can do immeasurably more in our difficult times. Paul wants them to consider that extraordinary, exceedingly, abundantly more that God can do when he writes, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. But it's not more stuff. Dr. Michelle Dobson from North Park Seminary, she asks, what have we put on the back burner because of our perceived lack? What are you waiting for? What is holding you back because you think you don't have enough? What we forget or maybe we don't actually realize is that God's capacity and power is continually operating and at work in the lives of believers, in your lives, in our lives together. Not because of what we have, but often, often because of what we don't have. And that should speak to us today in a world where we have so much. And that's the lesson we learn from Gideon. He thinks he doesn't have all the right stuff, But he finds out that God does. In the time of Judges, the Israelites had turned away from God. And the outcome of that is uh, they were worshiping idols in Cana. So God allowed a foreign neighbor, the Midians, to overrun Israel and raid their land. So Gideon, he was a farmer. He was hiding out in a wine press, threshing wheat so that the raiders wouldn't find him. It's here that an angel of the Lord appears to Gideon and says, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. So he's caught off a little, a little off guard by this, this greeting. You know, he's a farmer. He doesn't see himself as anything other than that. Certainly not a warrior. And nothing is going good for Israel. So in the back of his mind, he's thinking, How can God be with me? And God says, Go in the strength you have. In the strength you have. And save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? In other words, God says, I'm sending you. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. Say weakest. And I am the least in my family. Say least. I think Gideon has a kind of a low self-image of what he can do. See, Gideon doesn't have what he thinks he needs. But he is reminded of what he does have. What does he have? Here it is. The Lord answered, I will be with you. He has the Lord. So what do you think? Does Gideon need more than that? You know, too often we think that we need more than God. You know, Moses 
Back in Scripture, he didn't think what he, ha he had what it takes. But God said, I will be with you. Joshua wasn't sure about taking the promised land, but God assured him that he would deliver the land into his hands because he said, I will be with you. Solomon, he was a young man when he became king, and he was tasked with building a big temple. And God told him, I will be with you, and I will build you a house. And through Isaiah, God told the Israelites, maybe you should read this with me as we put it up on the screen. He says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God is with us. Jesus promised his followers that he would send a helper, the Holy Spirit, to be with them always. And the Hebrews reminds us that Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. What do you think? Do we need more? Is God enough? Will he do exceedingly more than we can imagine? Well, let's see how it works out for Gideon. The Midianites cross the border as a vast army, so Gideon calls the Israelites to battle. He calls out, and 32,000 show up. That seems like a lot of warriors, but it's far less than what they are facing. It's not enough to defeat a Midian army. He's short for the battle. You ever feel like that? I'm short for the battle ahead. It's in the difficult times that we are actually challenged to embrace a holy imagination. It's when we struggle that we need to think about what can God do. We need to trust that God is with us and that God can do that immeasurably more than we're even thinking beyond our wildest imagination. Now that sounds great, but can we really, really, can we really expect God to show up like that? Is that actually, does it make sense? Would that be too much to expect? I don't know, it doesn't seem to limit Paul's thinking, does it? God can do more than we expect, he says. Pastor Gabriel uh, Sangrero, he says, we need vujade. Vujade. You've heard of deja vu, right? That idea that, you know, you, you remember something that, like you're replaying something in your life. Vujade is when we have this godly boldness and creativity to experience something old in, through new eyes. Something old through new eyes. The Bible is full of how God acted in miraculous ways to accomplish his purpose through his people. So I believe God isn't done. It's time for Vujade. In Revelation, Jesus reminds us that he is making everything new. The scripture reminds us we have a new song. We have new life. We, have, we are part of a new creation. We are a new creation. And with this holy imagination to conceive what God can do. But too often, we live our lives in amnesia. We forget. But scripture reminds us that we cannot forget. We are actually prisoners of hope. Return to your fortress, Zacharias says, you prisoners of hope. Even now I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. So right now we need that same prophetic hope that reminds us that God will do immeasurably more in our time, just like in Gideon's. So let's see how Gideon's following through here. Gideon's now confident, like, you know, God has been talking to him. He, he, he's pretty sure now that he can embrace this prophetic imagination. He can see himself now as this mighty warrior. He's ready to save Israel, but God is not. 
The scripture says, the Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands or Israel would boast against me. My own strength has saved me. I hope that you get that I'm not talking about imagining all that we can do. I mean, you are all very capable, gifted people. You really, truly are as a church. Amazing. But we're not talking about what we can do. It's all about what God can do. Last week, Thor Anderson from Lake Beatty Bible Camp, he was here, he reminded us that God's glory is the greatest show on earth. And God is the ringmaster, right? He's working out all events for his glory. And God's glory, Thor shared, he rightly shared, is what's best for us. You know, when all things align with God and God's purpose, we are the beneficiaries. We even get to share in Christ's glory. So the invitation to imagine telling God, just imagine telling God, you are enough. Say that with me. God, you are enough. Unless we believe that God is enough, we'll always suffer from Gideon syndrome. Uh, You know it, that whisper in your ear, you're, you're just not enough. I can't. I'm from the smallest tribe. I'm from the weakest family. I don't, I'm not strong enough. I don't have enough. My church isn't big enough. Look, we're a small church in western Minnesota. We lack. What can we do against such odds? You know, Dr. Michelle Dobson, she asked us to take a moment to name the lack you have imagined. I think we all have that. We've all imagined something in our lives. Something's holding us back. Something is, is not enough yet for God to act. What lack have you imagined that has resulted in your limiting God's power in your life? Think about that for a moment. What lack is up here? Now, instead of seeing not enough as a limitation, the invitation is to envision that lack as an invitation for God to show up. God, I lack, show up. In the face of Gideon syndrome, God says, I can. The Message Bible, I think he gives us the right perspective. Uh, He says, God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. God is enough. And Gideon is about to see that reality played out right before his very eyes. Remember, He's facing this vast army of overwhelming odds. He can't win. He's already facing down a very real income of his own destruction, Israel's destruction, unless God shows up in a really big way. So what does God tell Gideon to do? He he, he tells him to imagine the more that God can do. So we read, Now announce to the army, God speaking to Gideon, Anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So, he has 32,000, keep in mind. 22,000 men left, while 10,000 remained. Oh, thanks God. Two-thirds of the army, that wasn't enough in the first place, is now God. So he has 10,000. Mr. Uh, Dr. Klein Snodgrass, in a commentary on Ephesians 3.20, he said, This is an invitation to consider how great God's power is. Dr. Reverend Dennis Edwards, Dean of North Park Seminary, he says, more and bigger is not what it means to experience God's immeasurably more. More and bigger is not the answer. 
You know, I think we get this in rural America. It's not about more stuff. It's not about bigger things. For us, it's always been about less. It's always been about more of God. We want to witness God's glory, God showing up, God doing what we cannot. So how does this work? Well, let's see what happens to Gideon again. So much for his amazing recruiting efforts. Pretty good, huh? But now he's whittled down to 10,000. A holy imagination might concede that it's possible with 10,000 people and God, uh, with God's help, maybe they can destroy this army. But the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many men. So Gideon took the men down to the water. Uh, the scripture talks about how they lap and they drink. And then God says, you know, the 300 that lapped, keep those, send the rest away. Dr. Edwards, he seems to think that these 300 lappers uh, are the ones that actually are the most timid out of the 10,000. What does that tell us? So it's, if that's true, then this is an impossible battle. And that's the point. The Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 men that lapped the water, I, say I, I, God speaking, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. So more with less. According to Michelle Dobson, more with less is God's sweet spot. That's where God starts to show up. The rest of the story reminds us that God is enough. So Gideon takes the 300 warriors. He surrounds the Midian camp in the, at night in the hillsides. The Lord uh, stirs up the camp in fear. And uh, Gideon breaks or sounds the trumpets and shines their lights. And the whole Midianite army goes into confusion. And they start killing each other and fighting each other. And then they start to flee. All the soldiers who had previously left Gideon now return to the battle. They chase down the Midianites. And God gives them an amazing, huge victory. It turns out, right, God is enough. Too many dreams and visions are perishing because we think that we don't have what we need to accomplish them. Less is God's sweet spot. That's where God starts showing up. God is enough. Let's tell God that. God, you are enough. So when the future looks hopeless, we need to embrace the mystery of God. It's then that we begin to dream big God-sized dreams and trust God's miracle-working power in the midst of our adversity. We need to step up like the Evangelical Covenant Church, who was the first to step up to provide tens of thousands of dollars for uh, the least in Puerto Rico during the hurricane years ago. We need to step in again like we did during the pandemic in uncertain times to help our rural Alaskan sisters and brothers who were in need with a large financial gift. We need to step up like we have in this building project as we are following God's call to equip more disciples to go further in his mission. We need to embrace the power and imagination of the Holy Spirit. And if, the Holy, if, you, if your imagination is stuck, then simply ask the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom, give you imagination. Jesus, James says, if anyone lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. So even if our imagination stuck. We can trust God to kickstart that. Keep serving others beyond what you imagine are the boundaries. Do it for Christ's glory. Hope big enough 
to, uh, so, uh, that you don't stop short of dreaming and working toward all that God can do. God is able to do more than we think. Have you read the end of the Bible? The last word is the church wins, right? We win. In rural, in rural western Minnesota, eastern South Dakota, the good news is that in the end, the church will win. So if God could rout an army of 300 in the, uh, with the weakest man of his family, imagine what God can do in a small rural community. If God is with you, and God is, imagine what God can do in your family right now. If God is able, and he is, then dream so big that God is going to... Uh, that dream so big that the next generation gets a hold of the biggest, the big God, how big God is. Whew. God is able, right? God is able. So take hold of the hope that has taken hold of us in this next, uh, it's the risen Savior, Jesus. You know, speak prophetically into these broken places in the world. The world needs you to speak the good news of the gospel and encourage with the faith of Gideon and recognize that you are the hope of the world. The church is the hope of the world. And as we do, we, we recognize that it is all about God. The world is watching, friends. The world is watching the church. It may not seem like it but the world is. They're watching to see if the church is going to rise up and seek God to do immeasurably more than anyone thinks is possible. God is able. We need God, who is immeasurably more. We need the God of the Bible to show up again. So what's holding you back? What's holding us back? What's keeping your imagination limited? What's keeping it from being eclipsed by the power of God at work in you? Where is God inviting you to dream bigger? Bigger than you've ever dreamed. Bigger than you've ever dreamed for the church. Don't focus on the shortcoming. If God is in it, God will do it. Dream God-sized dreams. Believe with the God-sized vision. Be filled with God's enabling hope and engage a prophetic imagination because the truth is, God is enough. Let's tell God one more time. God, you are enough. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you are enough. Thank you, Lord, that today as we ponder life and our, our limitations and you know, the disconnect, Lord, between what your word says and what the world is like and uh, what we can be and what we yet are. Lord, as we ponder all those things, inspire us, fill us with your holy imagination that we can begin to dream dreams, Lord, that are your dreams. Visions, Lord, that are your visions. Lord, the church that is your church that has been sent out to be a light and salt in the world. Lord, help us to have a holy imagination about how we can love others as you love us. And Lord, how we can bring together others in peace and unity around the good news of the gospel. Lord, your hope for the world. And Lord, help us to put our faith and trust in what Jesus has done. That he died on the cross for us. And that you raised him from the dead. And he sits in glory and will one day return and be united with his church. In the new heaven and the new earth. Lord, help us imagine what that will be. And today to begin even more.
to work towards that as we trust God, you are enough. In Jesus' name, amen.